All right, welcome to Look at My Records. I'm here with Hudson County's own Cicada Radio. Welcome. Hey, Thanks for having hey. us. Hey, thanks for having us on. How are you guys doing today? Great. It's a beautiful day in Jersey City. Is it? It's kind of <laughs> overcast. Today. Overcast, just a little rainy. Perfect weather. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect weather to hang out, do a little podcast recording, talk about yourselves and your new record. So why don't we start out introducing yourselves? Just say what you play. I know the drummer is absent, unfortunately, but he's here in spirit, so. Yeah, he's like a, from Star Wars, like one of those. <laughs> like a hologram? <laughs> yeah, hologram-y ghost. It's a hologram, like a Tupac hologram. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's new technology. Well, I'm Pat, singer and guitarist. I'm Mike, uh, I play guitar. I'm Brandon, I play bass. I guess I joined with these guys, what, about four years ago now? Yeah. yeah, something like that. They have been going for shit. When you guys start, like 2012. Uh, Mike's the official record keeper. I Wait. ask him this like once yeah. a year. I actually thought you guys started around. I thought 2010 ish, right? Yeah. Well, we were actually were doing something like the band technically. Like technically, our first show as this band was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been a while. We're um, 90, 90 years old. Yeah. Right. Uh, it was like our first show. We played like the. The Electric Factory in, uh, in Philadelphia. It, no, not Electric Factory. What was it? Uh, Knitting Factory. Knitting Factory. Yeah, and it, when it was in Manhattan, like the three level. Wow, remember that? Yeah, yeah I do. Like the basement, like the bottom Rem- level. I remember that venue fondly. Very yeah. accessible from Jersey City. Yeah, it's in Tribeca. Yeah, that was an interesting show. Well, uh, we were actually we started the band when we uh, we lived in Union because we went to school at Kane, and uh, we were living in a house that had a garage. So we just kind of started setting up, and that's kind of where this band. The incarnation of it was started. It was really just him and I messing around in the garage with our off time, you know. And you guys are brothers, right? And yeah. you guys had previous projects too. And then did that kind of evolve into this, or was this kind of? We were in a band in high school. Yeah. We would play like I mean, we grew up in Point Pleasant, so we would play Stone Pony, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. VFW, like the Stone Pony, like matinee shows on like a Sunday, you know. Uh, but then obviously, like that kind of everyone went to college, but we're still active in music. And then uh, he was kind of doing his own thing recording, and I was kind of doing mine. And uh, our old roommate was the one who was like, you guys should just be in a band. We are like, all right. <laughs> so we set up the drums and the guitar, and it just started as like a two-piece for a while, and then kind of grew from there. Yeah, we were we, we were a two-piece, then a three-piece, then uh, our, well, technically I'm the first drummer. Yeah, but Pat's, the, Pat's originally a drummer before our he first, became a Our first player. drummer, and I'm doing air quotes for people listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was the drummer and the singer, and then our friend Mike Kondrath used to play drums in the band Hero Pattern. I don't know if, if you remember them, but uh, he was really interested in the sound because he came and saw... We did an acoustic show where we just both did our own sets, and uh, he came and saw me play, and then like the following week, he was like really blown away. He's like, I didn't know that you played guitar, too, and sung, and all that, so he was like really interested in me stepping up as a frontman playing guitar while he would uh, cover the drums, and we did that for about two years with Mike, right? Yeah. Two or three? Yeah. And then um, our drummer Josh, the hologram, uh, <laughs> yeah, he uh, he like immediately filled in when Mike Mike left the band. It was like pretty instantaneous. So, and then uh, Brandon was playing with him. That's basically band. how you guys do your turnovers, right? Just like immediate Whoever's around, basically. <laughs> like he left and Josh was sitting there and we said, hey, why don't you play drums? So yeah, and Brandon and Josh were in another band called Saving Lives and we shared a space in um, Hoboken. So yeah, once our basis, our basis stayed with us for a little bit um, after 
Mike Kondrath departed the band. But then he also he had to move away for work and stuff. So when he left, same thing. Brandon was just sitting around. So I was like, hey, watch. <laughs> I literally I literally got a text him. I was like, Are you interested in like jamming with Cicada? And he's like, two minutes later, the first time I heard these guys, I was like, yeah, I think you played Insecticide. I was like, I want to play in that band. That's awesome. That's so heavy. And yeah, so as soon as they hit me up, I was like jumped right on it and uh i'd already been playing with josh for about six months at that point so we had a pretty good we had been locking in pretty well and since then it's just been i think i've had two practices with these guys and we went and recorded crime waves <laughs> i begged and begged for one more practice like now nah, we're gonna go cut the record it's gonna be great <laughs> good. so it's fun because like now i get to listen back on that and it's like right for me that record's like right when we started like right when i first learned these songs so it's really fun to hear the development of our sound and the, like the way we work together and the way we play together how much longer it took to get a song together back then to now it's like paddle show be like i got this riff by the time we play it two or three times we're like all right well see where that song's going so it's it's been a really fun development over the last four years from like recording right away to really getting to think through the records and like do the things we're doing we're getting a lot more hands-on with each each sort of project so yeah it's it's been a lot of fun a lot more organic now it just kind of comes together oh well that's really interesting to hear about basically how the creative process develops especially for a band that's kind of maintained about the same lineup for most of their career it seems like the two of you guys with you coming in in 2012 you said uh, right? i guess i would have joined in 2014 2014 yeah. that's still like a pretty long time to be playing with the same lineup how would you say your sound has evolved since this is about your fifth release fourth release Coming up, catch and release. Yeah, and I'm like trying fifth, to remember. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think fifth. Why's he got to ask these hard questions? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we usually have like an EP full length, EP full length, EP. So catch and release <clears throat> will be our third EP. It's been good. We get more and more. I feel like as as we've been going on, and a lot of it's because I'm just super into the recording process. We're getting a lot more hands on with each record. I feel like these guys have such a cool, unique sound that's this really reverbed out i mean i've literally never heard anyone do what mike does on lead guitar it's so hard to describe and so they've got this great powerful sound that's like shoegazy and hardcore and i feel like every you know and it's it'd be really it's really easy to make really great songs that are just loud and like that but i feel like we're trying to develop a little more melodically trying to sneak some actual like leads and some little things and just make it a little more interesting rhythmically and a little more I don't know, just a little more, like, less just loud and heavy, because, frankly, we're old and that shit's exhausting. <laughs> and <laughs> But also, just, you know, it's it's fun to be a little more... I come from a world of, like, the late 90s emo thing, like Get Up Kids, Jets to Brazil. I know Josh, again, our holographic drummer, he's a lot. He's into a lot of, like, not mathy stuff necessarily, but that kind of idea. And so we're trying to get some of those more songwriter ideas in there just so we don't get bored, while still just, you know... I'm not in a punk band to not get up on stage and play real heavy and loud. So it's just about trying to get that in without it feeling contrived. It's, you know, it's the same as all bands that stick around this long. We're just trying to stay interested, man. Yeah, and it you can hear that in the progression of your releases, I would say, where early on you can definitely hear that uh, second wave emo type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Revival. And then, especially with the last album definitely more of a shoegazy vibe being introduced into it and it seems that that's kind of what comes when you get older you listen to certain records when you're growing up then as you 
progress, you listen to other stuff. What was influencing you guys on the last record and on this record to kind of blend these different uh, sonic elements into your sound, I'd say? Because like when I hear it, I kind of hear little My Bloody Valentine, shoegaze type of stuff. For sure, yeah. But then still also hear that, um, you know, second wave emo stuff that is really great too. And to kind of combine the two, like you had said, really gives it an interesting take and a, definitely a different sound. Uh, what influenced you guys in the progression of the band's releases to meld these different elements into your sound? Maybe more of a shoegazy indie rock sound as compared to a uh, second wave emo type of vibe? Uh, well, the last record is like loosely a, a concept record where we were trying to kind of write these songs because sonically we were, it was just organic. You know, we weren't like page one, we're going to start, we're going to do this exact thing. We wrote a few songs. We were starting to get an album together and uh, the concept was basically just like a uh, like, you know, we grew up at the shore, and, uh, you know, everyone is always thinks it's, like, super glamorous or, like, fun all the time and stuff like that. And, like, we were there in, like, the wintertime when it's, like, scary or, like, dark and no <laughs> one's around. So, not that it was that exact concept, but that kind of scared, like, juxtaposition of, uh, like, a paradise versus, like, a hell. You know, like a, like, a scary paradise. That was basically how we went to the writing process. So, especially on the last record, um, where a lot more of the shoegaze vibes and the, and the reverb and stuff comes into play was us trying to take that harshness but also make it at times you know pleasant sounding and pretty cool and not just like you know standard super tough hardcore or like you know uh basically didn't want to be like stereotypical emo either you know what i mean like a lot of bands sound the same and it's just one of those things that we took this concept and just kind of ran with it so last time i think that's where you really hear like the shoegaze element come in and if you listen to the lyrics stuff like that you you'll see that it's a lot about juxtaposition and i think that came through sonically and there's this there's this great thing where like because it can there's one thing for like a true concept album but just to have this one kind of thought that anytime you were making because i've never done it like that before where anytime you're making a creative choice and it goes all the way from just like little things i would do in a baseline i know i talked to josh our drummer about it where we would be fitting in these little like kind of islandy type ideas like little like you know chuck little like up chuck things like little on the bass part even all the way through to the album arts all the idea of this like kind of a ruined vacation kind of where like everything was supposed to be really cool but like reality got involved and it got a little scary and it got a little weird and like that's the whole thing with all the album art from that's like ruined it kind of looks like exposed photographs and things were like it turned out beautiful but it's definitely not like this that's kind of like a vacation gone wrong it turned out beautiful but it's not what you were going for in the first place and so that kind of helped rein us in when we were instead when we would be like what do you say? Like heavy outro? Fuck it, heavy. I'm sorry. Like heavy outro. Let's do it. You know, it's just like, well, why? Like, what's this about? And so it, it was. It was an interesting way to do it. This this record, I would say, is definitely coming. The one we're gonna put out, catch and release, in a couple of weeks is. It's a lot more of a. After doing that, we all. I feel like I know me and Josh for sure. Like we grew a lot more into what we were doing and the sound we were going for, and we did that like kind of weird big thing. So I feel like this is a lot a lot less of that and a lot more of a. Just kind of a snapshot of what we've been up to for the last year. Really solid, like five songs of like, this is the direction we're going. It's a little bit different, a little bit more produced, which is, a, I know me and Pat had a great time just doing the extra stuff on this. And uh, so, yeah, it's just, it's that whole thing of just like moving forward. And it's, it's been interesting to do it that way and then come back to just like, what do you got? Let's jam on a riff. 
yeah, see what nice. happens like without any restraint to it so it's the back and forth has been a good kind of way to keep ourselves thinking differently instead of just like churning out songs which is you know not easy to do but <laughs> so what can this is coming out on june 15th friday june 15th right Catch yeah, release. we're doing the record release show, yeah. yeah. At Pet Shop yeah, on the, the 14th. Before, yeah. Yeah. Best bar in Jersey City. <laughs> Shout out Eric, Dave, the I'm whole at, crew. I'm actually telling people when I'm at work all the time in, in the city, but I'm like, you guys got to come to this show. I was like, and also if you're a vegetarian, like they have the best fucking Full food. vegetarian menu. Yeah. I'm not even a vegetarian, yeah, and I'm yeah, like... the food's great. Yo, those, those uh, what are they, buffalo cauliflower? Just get out of Pooja here. Pooja and I just had them so last good. night. Pooja's a vegetarian. Yeah, the so buffalo good, cauliflower's right? really good. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Pooja. <laughs> so you got you got to watch us. If if you're not careful with Cicada Radio, we will easily talk about food for like two, three yeah, hours. You're, you're walking down. It's all good, man. The me- music, fine. Yeah, sure. We play rock and roll. Like, come buy our records. It's great. That's now, what, what, what kind of food you've been eating these days? That's it. Like, I had Gypsy Girl for lunch. Favorite restaurant in Jersey City. That's a good Hands one. Down. Delicious one. It's every time we go on, like, tour. Like, we were talking about going down to Gainesville. We've done that that run a few times. But everyone's always like, how was tour? And I immediately just like, the food. Oh. Like, it's, always- it's a big, fun part of touring is eating all the food and stuff. Yeah, especially when you go to, like, a good restaurant. But there's, like, this one place, like, Southern Char Kitchen in Gainesville that like I'll be like hey guys uh, you know we got the offer to play fest again do you want to do it they're just like hell yeah it's southern junk kitchen I'm like yeah the music side note you know this is like, gonna sound ridiculous yeah they make slamming slamming uh, meatloaf they do a vegetarian meatloaf that is oh, so good just, my god the main reason we went there because whenever I'm on whenever I'm on tour with vegetarians and you're especially in the south it's like how do we eat well how do we find food for these guys I had to do the same thing with Mitch and it was just like you end up finding the best fucking restaurants because they're just like the cool new restaurants that are like doing things for the kids. All the, you know, the weirdo <laughs> vegetarians. <laughs> and uh, just kidding. And um, and it's just, it. you end up finding the best restaurants even if you eat meat. And so like, yeah, the first year we went to Southern Charm Kitchen, there's like a couple of punks. And it was like us, you know, weren't stinking up the place too bad. <laughs> Next year you go, man, this, Infested. the secret was out and there were just black denim and patches everywhere <laughs> I, I, I got a feeling you're gonna go in this time it's just gonna be like here's the air freshener before you come in before you get in there i'm still down though um, i need my meatloaf man that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> i told you we could talk about food. that's just one restaurant that's not the that's not the caribbean joint <laughs> that's not we haven't even got into biscuits and gravy in the south but man we can that can wait for another time i suppose <laughs> but uh so what can uh what can people expect from Catch and Release this new album Biscuit, EP Biscuits and Gravy? <laughs> that's a great way to describe the new sound. I would. Right? It's a lot it's more like Biscuits and Gravy. To your ears. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the sound is we were talking about Drift Dream that being a very uh, kind of a loose concept record. This one's a lot more. I don't want to say cut and dry, but like it's like Brandon said, it's just what we've been up to. But uh, I feel more than this one, more than any other release we did, you can really just hear everything sonically. You know, we went up to like a real legit studio out in the middle of nowhere connecticut and literally just took three days to just hammer it out which is another thing we've never really done before usually it was like an open project that took like a few months to record and then you take time off you go back and record it uh in that sense we were just so focused and we're in the middle of the woods so like we had no other choice but like all right let's just do this hammer it out you know you guys work with an outside producer you self-produce it we produced it ourselves we had um a buddy of ours helped us engineer it and he was also a good set of ear he's he helped us i've tracked with him a few times he helped with saving lives with josh and i before so he wasn't a producer and such but as as far as ears we trusted it's funny because the guy's totally like good old boy into country music but he just has those ears where like like yeah you know 
Like he did, and he wasn't afraid. Like you, I still remember we did the vocal. We pulled out like the studio's nice, fancy tube mic. We all set it up, and we were all like, we all wanted to like it so much. And he's like, you know what? No. And we pulled out this cheaper, this a lot cheaper mic. You probably noted the 7B. Just busted yeah. it out. Sounds so classy on Pat's vocals. It's just perfect. And so like that guy, like we had that guy that was just like, I know you're here with all the cool toys, but let's just. That doesn't sound right. So like, we had the guy there pulling us back, but you know, frankly, we kind of knew what we wanted. We've been we've been demoing these songs. Like we'll record whenever we're songwriting, we record every week at practice. So we'll record them, mix them out, and listen to them. So by the time we got to the studio this time, we had a pretty good sense of what we were trying to do. And like Mike said, it was the big thing. And I mean, I know Mike was going through some weird stuff. I had a huge job that was going on, but the ability to just turn it off and be out in the middle of the woods and go, there's nothing I can do about it right now. I just got to go make this music, make it happen. And sure, like there were some things where I would have loved to be able to retrack it, but the like the honesty of getting it done in three days and the coherence of all our performance, I think, really comes through on this one. And then Pat and I, I spent some time with it. Pat and I spent some time editing it after the after fact for I mean, a couple of months. We were working on editing it, doing rough mixes. We spent a couple of nights adding some extra, you know, you'll hear the little like you know, electronic productions and just little things on there. They just give it that little bit. We wanted to try to step out of the idea of just like this is what this band sounds like live. You know, which is always the fun thing to do, but, you know, with all these cool little toys we have these days, like, let's do one that's a little produced, you know? Like, we got all the toys. We I mean, we're all, like, everybody in this band plays at least two instruments. So, like, we have the skills to just go in and, and make it ourselves and, like, really give it that added touch. So, like, this was kind of us. We did the concept thing, and it worked out really well. And then this, these are our songs, and these are the ones where we just kind of, like, what else can we do? Like, we... With Drift Dream, I feel like we kind of landed at a place that had the cicada sound really worked in the way yeah. it's like yeah, really, yeah, yeah. it really came together in an organic way, and we had great product we had great production partners on that with Max, and we had a lot of help from Frank getting a bunch of cr- Frank from uh, Sniffling Indie Kids helped us out a yeah. lot, and who just got, got ma- who just got married yeah just yeah, got yeah, married shout out salute to the, congrats yeah, shout go. out to the Tone Boss congratulations yeah, yeah. Frank we Frank. love you and so. So this this EP, I feel like it was getting to the point where we just kept. We told you like we already got a bunch of songs ready for the next. We just kept writing. We're like we have to track these. And so this was kind of I feel like us branching out, being like, what is, what is us and the next level up in just like production doing? What like what, where can we branch out creatively instead of just trying to all of a sudden like write songs that are just like up our own butts you know like just like write songs that are just like this is we're gonna be in seven eight and then five four and then just like no one wants to hear that like (laughs) so what else can we do like where else can we flex our creativity and i feel like like pat on this one i feel like is just starting to really get to the edge like start to really press out on his vocal production i feel like a lot of his background like the backgrounds that these guys do on this record i think they're not a lot but they're really choice um i feel like a lot of the production were just getting our toes in the water of what I think is going to be a really amazing process for the next record because now we've kind of seen what it can add and how easy it is for us to do it with what we have access to and I don't know about you guys but I'm getting really excited about like really working on these songs from the ground up like how are we going to make these special and more not more produced in a pop way but just more sonically fulfilling and more in a way that delivers that same experience of the dreamy washed out power that it that does the cicada sound just in like a more in a way that's a little more sonically adventurous i guess and like i feel like this ep is like our step in that direction and going this is what we're doing you guys want to come with us like it's going to be great so it's an invitation (laughs) but so do you guys have plans to go into the studio anytime soon for that next set of songs well like brandon said we're uh we record like pretty much anytime we practice he'll bring his laptop we'll set up mics uh over in newman and uh 
it really does help the process a lot. Like, you know, I feel like, like to add on what he said, our, our last recording for this uh, EP we're releasing in a couple weeks, uh, we went there and banged it out in three days because, like, this is, like, one of the first times we, like, sat down and wrote notes out. You know, we, we you know, really worked these out from recording them over and over again for months and months and months in the studio. So um, I think the first step for us as far as our future recordings is really nailing those uh, recordings we're doing on our own. And this way, you know, you, you fight off, like, we always kind of fight off that, like, oh, let's spend a thousand dollars a day in a studio. Like, we're always looking for something unique to do. Um, Drift Dream, we did with Max um, from Lake Effect. If you know. Oh, Max Roach, yeah. Yeah, yep. so we did that in his studio. And uh, it's not about, like, saving money or something. We're not like, oh, we're not going to spend money to go to a nice studio. But, like, it's been done. You know what I mean? I feel like you don't really get the best you can of just paying someone seven hundred dollars a day to record you like we like to do it with friends we like to make an experience we recorded um the ep that's coming out in a couple weeks that was all friends we were just alone in the studio the guy gave us the keys and was just like have fun oh, wow. and we had all of his toys and everything and that's when we i think depending on who you are for us that's when we like shine when we have time to experiment and like be comfortable with people you know you don't want to i've worked with producers you've never i've never even met before until the day you're working with them yeah so it's like it's a nicer touch to have like friends involved and stuff like that. So I think the key for us for any future recordings is just nailing those studio recordings we're doing, and then like finding the cool niche thing we want to do to record the next one. Yeah, because the big thing, <clears throat> excuse me, the big thing is these days is like I'm. I mean, I owned me and my best friend in high school owned a recording studio. Josh, our drummer, has studied audio engineering. It's and we have the gear and the ability that it's to the point that. On our own, we can we can do recordings of the quality that we got on Drift Dream, and so our goal our goal right now is on the next one we're gonna try to do most of the work ourselves. We're gonna record, try to do most of the tracking ourselves. We're gonna try to do all of that ourselves, and because in the end, what really makes the difference between a great sounding record and a kind of half-ass sounding record isn't oh man, you ran that through a cool board and you had all those that mic you had that vintage microphone that whoever sang on. No, it's the performance was awesome. All those little tempo things, were, they sounded good. That that little off-pitch thing sounded like getting that, and that just takes time, and it, you're yeah. not going to get it all in one day. And so the better these demos have been sounding, we realize that we're going to keep working on that. And if an opportunity comes up where someone's like, hey, come into this multi-million dollar studio for a couple of days, you know what we're going to do? We're going to say, absolutely, we'll see you there. <laughs> but unless something like that comes up, we're going to focus on getting the performances right. Because when this band, I mean, we've, like we were saying, we've been together for four years in this lineup. When this band plays perfectly together, when our emotions are all in the same vein, when we're all feeling the same thing, when we're all up at the same time, when we're all like, we all haven't played together in like three weeks and we're hurting for a vibe, Man, those things sound better than anything we've ever tracked. And if we can get that on a proper recording, we can spend our money getting someone great to take the time to mix it. Be like, don't rush mixing this. We spent this time, like, do this. We're gonna do a lot of rough mixing ourselves. I'm working with uh, the guy that mixed and mastered our last one, Skyler, who plays for, does he play with Delicate Flowers? Yeah. Yeah, he plays drums for Delicate Flowers amongst just being a killer engineer. And, um, I'm already working with him to kind of rethink the way mixing and mastering is done where like I'm going to do kind of halfway and really make a collaborative thing from this is going to this next one I'm hoping is something that we really just kind of forge from our own thing and then without being afraid to bring in people from outside but like we've proved to ourselves we ha we can do it and we've got enough friends and we've got enough resources that just because you're supposed to go into a big great studio I would love that but you know what like that's not where our performance is would, yeah, I would just go Google. We would just be like, 
<laughs> and I know I get me even in Connecticut I was getting nervous I was just like I gotta lay this down so we can get back to the guitar parts and all this and it's gonna be nice to just take our time and we've got tons of songs we're building up I'm really proud of them already so and then hope you know one of two things will happen we'll either end up with a great record or we'll end up with a great set of demos to then walk into a studio and go we're gonna remake this so you know but that's probably what I mean that's not that'll probably I assume we'll get down into that in the depths of that this you know this coming winter sometime we plenty of time on this record so it's no rush you know that's exciting it's very exciting sounds like a lot of great things going on in the world of cicada radio but right now i do want to play some of the new songs from catch and release dropping on june 14th slash 15th we've got hex 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 the self-titled track catch and release and then i picked one from the last record golden sands motel to share with everyone because i thought it was a really good song so <laughs> Thanks. so do you guys have anything to say about the new tracks though uh before we play them um specifically these songs or i gotta say i'm really proud of catch and release it was one that it took a while to get it to kind of really come into its own and pat kept telling me the whole time he's like this is one of the hits off this record and i was like i don't know man i don't know and i just i said i stopped listening to these you know you spend much time mixing them i didn't listen to them i've been listening to them again recently and I gotta tell you, this is a strong song, man. I really like the groove on yeah, it. Yeah, dynamically, I think it's different than what we've done before. Uh, like my lead guitar specifically, it's a lot more, uh, as opposed to Drift Dream, I was kind of going for a, like a James Eha thing where there was like 12 <laughs> guitars, you know, and like sure. it came out cool and I still love doing that. And it's like one of my favorite things. But as far as that, for like for me, my guitar playing, I feel like it is, it kind of uh, calls some of that late 90s emo, like kind of a. Um, very like arpeggio, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but then when it drops and it's powerful, it's it's definitely you're like, oh that's the cicada radio I remember. Like there's still that element there, you know. Awesome. Yeah, we, tried to, uh, we tried to switch catch and release, and for the music nerds out there, I appreciate it. I always like catch and release because it's a three four uh, waltz timing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, like we say, like Brandon, to add on what Brandon was saying earlier, like yeah, I could have sat at home and mapped out like uh, and more music nerd stuff, like five four and seven four, like insecticide is seven four. We don't do it too often, um, but it is nice. My inner band nerd is uh, really happy that there's an alternate time signature. On this My thing record. is that like the alternate time signatures, they just they all as long as they feel natural when they happen, I'm with it. Like this one, you're yeah, like you're like halfway through the song before you're like. What the fuck is with this? <laughs> Whereas, like, some of those Matthew songs, you're just like bobbing your head, and all of a sudden, it's like, does not compute. Yeah, it's like disjointed, yeah. yeah. I mean, we love listening to this stuff. Like, uh, guys, especially love listening to, like, really out there math rock, like, Terramellos <laughs> and, like, The Fall of Troy, stuff like that. Yeah, that's. It's, it's interesting to play and to listen to. But for us, you know, that's not really what it's been about. Um, but it is nice, you know, we like to mix it up here. And there. Sorry, I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to make the lead into all these tracks so long. <laughs> no, that's all good. We want to hear about them. I'll talk 25 <laughs> minutes about more time signatures yeah. if you'd like. <laughs> I, love, I love talking about time signatures. I do. Me, I do. I love and, talking to a math, like math rock bands about time signatures. My friend is in a pretty, like, heavily math rock influence band called Sheen Marina. They're based in Brooklyn, and the time signatures are just nuts. Yeah. God, God bless, God bless the ones that can do that, but it ain't for me. Yeah, but anyway, you do get one interesting time signature and catch and release everyone. The waltz, right? Yeah. <laughs> the three, four waltz. Yeah. 
So there you go. Enjoy it. All Grab you. your partner. Hey, so Grab your partner. Song. Get ready to do a perfect ballroom waltz. Today. I'm going to be waltzing to this song. <laughs> so we got HexXX, Catch and Release, and the classic Golden Sands Motel. Everyone, enjoy. <laughs>
Welcome back. You guys just heard three awesome Cicada Radio songs, two of which are going to be on their brand new EP, dropping on the 14th at Pet Shop, Hex, 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 Catch and Release, and the classic from their last album, Golden Sands Motel. Thanks for sharing those, guys. You're welcome. Thanks for playing. Hell yeah. But now we're transitioning (laughs) to the second portion of the program where you guys picked some records and we're gonna talk about them and we're gonna play the songs from those records how about we start out on that side all right he's pointing to me pat again singer um (laughs) so i picked a relatively new album uh sufjan steven sufjan i never know i I just like his music i don't even know how to say it but uh carrie and lowell I really, really like this record a lot because I've dabbled with, I'm not a huge uh, Sufjan Stevens fan, um, and I've dabbled with a few of his other records. I know he's highly conceptual, so I'm pretty sure this one is about his parents, uh, who are Gary and Lil. There's a few really, really, really good songs on this record, and um, I was actually really surprised because a lot of it's very minimal. I think it's some of it's like mandolin and banjo he's playing or something like that, um, and guitar. And, you know, there's keys and stuff like that, and there's some percussion on some of the songs. But I always thought it was super minimal, like, just him in the studio. And um, I watched a live video of them playing, I think, this whole album, or at least most of it. And there was, like, 15 people on stage all doing different instruments. So I was like, it's cool how he got a very minimal singer-songwriter sound. And then it turns out there's all this production and, like, 20 people playing instruments. So uh, a few standout tracks on this one I really like. Um, the opening track, Death with Dignity, is awesome. Um, that's one of the ones I saw in the live video, and it was really, really something to see. Um, Drawn to the Blood is really good, and Fourth of July, I think, is probably my favorite song on this whole record. Um, did it make me cry on the train once? Maybe. (laughs) That's for you guys to speculate. Thanks for sharing that. That's good. Sometimes you just need a good cry listening to some music. Oh, yeah. No shame in that. I'm not going to say I did cry, but if I did, it was listening to that song on the New Jersey Transit train. Okay. In the, very, rain, in the rain. It was there a very masculine there, cry. <laughs> there might have been a guy that looked just like you crying to that song on the yeah, train. Yeah, who knows. <laughs> so let's play Fourth of July because I want people to cry listening to this episode mm. of this podcast. How about that? Join me in the sadness. But it's, <laughs> be- it's a beautiful it. song. It's not like... Super emo-y. Oh, this, my girlfriend broke up with me. It's just like, you know, this album's about his parents. It's like, yeah, it's nice. Honor your parents. This is what a good kid does. It's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful album. Great choice. All right. I see some archers of blue oh, yeah. on deck. Well, this is for me and Josh, our hologram drummer who was in here because we're both very big fans. It's archers of Loaf, uh, icky metal. Uh, big influence on me, specifically for like guitar playing. Uh, I remember I saw these guys like two years ago for the first time live. I've been a fan for a while, but uh, just watching the guitarist play, I'm just like, it's such a weird style. And I feel like people have said it to me, but they're like, what are you even doing? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I still wonder that when I'm, I, lit- I literally watched you play your parts and then tried to play them on the exact same rig, the exact same settings, cannot fucking do it to save my life. <laughs> so it's kind of like I was watching this guy live and, you know, I'm just it, it very influenced by uh, that type of guitar playing. Uh, it, it kind of always reminded me when I first heard it. I was always grew up uh, loving Pavement, and always kind of reminded me of like a almost like a yeah. punk version of Pavement, where like the really angular guitars and stuff that normally wouldn't make any sense, but 
you know, somehow it works. That's a great way to describe their sound. I never thought about it. You yeah. Really, you really, like, hit the nail on the head there. Because I always felt like they they do have that, like, indie, 90s indie rock sound, but, like, definitely with, like, a little twist to it. You yeah. Know? It's, it's different and really good. They're an awesome band, and... I loved seeing them live too, like two years ago. Yeah, I, I like bands too we see live where they're just all kind of like strange looking. <laughs> like I don't <laughs> describe it. Like, like the one that the bassist is like real short and the guitarist is like this real lurchy dude. And watching it, I'm just like, these are the bands I like. They're like obviously there's no frills. They're not really concerned about image, which I always liked. And they really always had their own unique sound. You can hear one of their songs five seconds. You're like, yeah, you know, they, like, they, they do have like that distinct sound. You hear it, it's like, yeah, that's Archer Solo. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. But any song you'd like to hear in particular on uh, that record? I'm going to do Wrong, just because specifically that was one of those lead guitar moments in that, where if you listen to it, it's like almost kind of borderline annoying, but I can't picture the song without it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got Suvian, Archers of Love, and now this one's a great one. A classic really reminds me of my youth. <laughs> me too. So New Jersey, too. So. You know, the we're one, some. We're. I'm sure we're three New Jersey lovers here, since mm. we're from here. So. Yeah, the one guy picks it out. I'm it's from, from Nebraska. Here. I know you're from Nebraska. <laughs> that's but. the whole. That's the whole thing, though. Is like, I'm certainly not gonna break new ground picking Thursday Full Collapse because if you're listening to this podcast, and you haven't heard that record. That's a, that's an accomplishment right there. But for me, like, I was just thinking about this record. Like I was telling you guys, like a couple of weeks ago, and listen to it for the first time. It's a solid fucking record, and if. It's like you said, it's a point in all of our childhoods. And it's specifically cool for me because, I mean, I remember the first time I heard this record in Nebraska, it was just like, what the fuck is that sound? Like, that's amazing. <clears throat> and it was because I was looking at pictures of these guys that I even knew what the Court Tavern was. Like, the first time I got to play at the Court Tavern, I was like, this is amazing. And everybody's like, why do you even know this place? I was like, because I seen pictures of Thursday playing this bitch. Like, <laughs> um, when they told me that. Allegedly, Thursday used to practice in the room that we practice in now. Oh, wow. So, like, that's the thing. It's like, I didn't grab Full Collapse because I thought I was going to blow anybody's minds. It's more like, this is a great record that came out of here. And, like, it's kind of like part of being part of tradition. So, I figured, you know. Also, I've never actually seen the vinyl. This is a great record cover. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. I'd like to add something to this, too. One time, Brandon <laughs> told me, and Brandon's dad lives in Nebraska. He's a super cool dude. He paints. He plays the bass. He's like a very artistic individual. So he told me like back in the day when he was listening to Full Collapse a lot, he played it for his dad. And like, you know, I played, I would play Thursday for like my mom and she'd be like, this is devil music. <laughs> so like we, you know, it goes as, as well as you would expect. But his dad like totally appreciated like how good that record was. I think the only thing he said was why they scream so damn yeah, much. My dad's, <laughs> my dad's question about all this music would always be like, I mean, like, the music's, that's really interesting music that they're doing, but why do they just have to scream and yell all the time? Like, can't they just fucking sing? <laughs> they're emotional. Man. Yeah, and I was just like, they're just angry, man. Like, you get it, Dad! Yeah, but, <laughs> they're, they're one of those bands, too, like, you can play for people that necessarily aren't even into punk or post-hardcore or hardcore. I had a roommate in college. He was, uh, he was, uh, he grew up in Baltimore. He was really into jazz music and hip-hop, and I remember he heard, like, Paris and Flames, and I never, he literally rewound it, like, six times and listened to it. <laughs> yeah. Just because it would be interesting. Yeah. It, it, yeah. This guy was brilliant. Like, he would just write music out. He's a brilliant saxophone player, you know, but he was listening to it. He's like, that's the song. Like, it was like, it had a weird, you know, it touched on something and there. that's actually what got me back into thinking this was such a great record, because, like, 
when you when I heard it in high school, it's like it's powerful. You know, there's some cool guitar stuff. Like the the lyrics are great, and it wasn't until I listened to it again, having got back into recording and production and doing a lot more of our production, that I really like put the cans on and like listened to like what are they doing to make this record. And like the production work on Full Collapse is second to none. Like it's definitely you hear you see it in a lot of bands where like they have their first record that's got all that raw energy, and then they have that next record that's like it all comes together. Like you can see it on like. And out come the wolves with rancid you can see it on like rogues march with american steel like there's a point where all that energy and that production all come together and i feel like this was the record for them yeah because oh, waiting sure. waiting their first album it's great it's raw as hell very raw very good so yeah, good. But very raw too you can say the same thing about uh oh is my ride here um, you can say <laughs> the same thing, you can say the same thing about small brown bike our own wars yeah. Or is it? Oh yeah, our own wars. Great record, kind of raw. And then Dead Reckoning, right in that, right in that vein of like, just enough production to really make all the parts shine. I feel like that's this, but like way more polished. Full collapse is like right where they hit it. And then after that, for me, it all got a little eyelinery and a little overproduced, and they got a little yeah. too hyped. Yeah, and it just, yeah, they yeah. never really hit that point again. For me, like, Jesus. For <laughs> I think Jersey City's burning down. Yeah. For me, like. Thursday's Full Collapse is also the one I just, like, I'm a big late 90s, like I'm saying, like, late 90s emo, like, back, to, back when e kids playing emo bands were like, yeah, I'm in a fucking emo band. Like, that's how you yeah. would describe it, and even to your friends, like, this is the point where it got so big that the whole, like, got kind of, not, no, no offense meant, but, like, this is where I started getting eyelinery and more MTV, and, like, people that didn't know about the emo music we knew about started being like, oh, you're into emo music? Because that's all that, like, eyeliner and stuff, right? And you're just like, no, man, like... Go listen to the Get Up Kids, please. Yeah. Just like Red, just listen to Red Letter Day and shut up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this for me, I feel like this is a turning point in the scene and in a lot of just the way our whole scene was looked at. And you forget that this was just such a like there was so much weird shit with Thursday and Victory and the whole deal that you forget that this was just a fucking amazing. Sorry for my language. It's such an amazing record. Yeah, oh, good. You so can say like, whatever you want. On this for, uh, for like us too, like Pat and I growing up down the shore, like we we lived near Asbury Park and we saw a lot of cool punk shows growing up and stuff that a lot of people probably didn't have the opportunity at that age. You know, like sneaking on the train and hoping that your mom doesn't yell at you. You know, like. Uh, <laughs> But like specifically, this this it will bring me back to like a specific time. I remember seeing them back in like 2001 with like Saves the Day at like Club Chrome and like Hey Mercedes. Yes. I, cannot and, yes. I cannot believe the fucking Club shows you Chrome. guys got yeah. out here. Chrome, Club yeah. Chrome. Yeah, we just, played. Yeah, we played Club Chrome back in the day. We actually opened up for Crash Test Dummies. <laughs> <laughs> That's I forgot amazing. about that. <laughs> 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 humming, humming song. Yeah, those guys are kind of jerks though, from what I remember. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard anything off a of full. Club laps was uh we used to go to the record store in town it's not there anymore but it used to be called uh, rockaway beach and they were like super into pop. I remember the one guy tried to get like Jimmy Eat World to play at his wedding before they blew up. Yeah, yeah before he they was were like super, friends with them. Yeah. yeah, he was like he was super. He was always pointing us in the right direction. So a friend of mine really liked uh, another New Jersey band, but pop punk of Midtown. Remember, remember oh Midtown? Yeah, yeah, of course. So it was a sampler that had like one of the new Midtown songs on it that he handed me, and because the, they were both on Victory, the opposite side of the split was like a few songs off of I think it was Cross Out the Eyes was on there oh shit and I remember like being 15 listening to like the standard pop punk like Midtown I'm not saying yeah they were they were good the first record was pretty cool but like uh you know I've never really heard anything so uh like post hardcore yeah I guess you could say at that point so I'm there bobbing along to Midtown like my girlfriend broke out with me like the stuff they would sing about and then all of a sudden 
cross out the eyes comes on and i was like just learning the fundamentals of music and stuff at the time and i was just like this got triplets out at the mass you know like this is crazy and that kind of steered me into like really listening to a lot of heavier music and stuff like that you know it's really funny i hadn't really thought about it until you just said that but like there was a point in my band like my last band in high school where like i was starting to get into like a little more melodic stuff jets get up kids that sort of stuff whereas my drummer had just discovered that there was a thing called a double bass pedal and a band oh, yeah. and, and a band called poison the well so like oh, yeah. oh man yeah so Love they, poison and now, mind you, what is it, Opposite of December? Yeah. That's still a bitch, and I'm not a hardcore fan. That is a bitch in record. But there was a point when we were all starting, kind of starting to diverge, and then all of a sudden, like, that's when this record showed up, and it was like the one record that no matter what <laughs> yeah. the fuck, like, no matter what direction we were all going, we're like, this shit is yeah, fire. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> in the, I went to high school in the early aughts. I think you guys did, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember there was kind of this... There's like these kids, you know, you're into pop punk, emo, more melodic stuff, and then there was all these other people that were kind of within the same community that were like Poison the Well, Folly, remember yeah, Folly? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, the first like if you that, wanted to get beat like up that. at a show, yeah. go see Folly. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I played with Folly on the first show I ever played in New Jersey really? at Missy's basement at her barbecue. They like they played her barbecue like in like 2014 they, wow. they got back wow, together wow, wow. and, and yeah. like the band saving lives i was in i think that's for who it was huh so they got back together for a barbecue no i think i think, I think <laughs> that's like why we would get back together i think, they were, broke I think they were like friends with somebody or something that's i like cool. i just remember like i had never it was like almost like ska hardcore right yeah, yeah, yeah it just, exactly i got i got shit face and it just blew my fucking mind i was just like where were you when I was? Because you know we didn't. I never heard of Folly. I was like, where were you when I was sixteen? Please. Yeah. Like I was. Good question. I was dying. Yeah. I was just like, this is unfucking believable. Yeah. And then I never, never heard of them since. <laughs> Random basement show. They're playing something at White. Oh, Hall, Ma- Mosh for Paws. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I saw Kevin Oakley posted that. Yeah. yeah. So. Nice. See you there, Folly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I hope to still get beat up. Yeah. Beat- <laughs> Beat me up, please. <laughs> is, is there an option to just mosh with the puppies? Because I just want to yeah. be attacked by a bunch of puppies. Yeah, yeah. That's that an would, option. Oh. Not so much hardcore jersey, like jersey hardcore heads, but just like hardcore jersey puppies. I would be so into that. That's what I'm saying. I think a lot of people would. Puppy core. There's a new genre. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fuck Actually, this. there is a... There's a band called K9ist <laughs> that has two pit bulls as a singer. If you haven't checked them out, oh wow, yeah, it's not good. But it's not good. That's terrible. Yeah, if you want to turn it off for novelty for like two seconds, it's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, I can't imagine. That's what do you good. got there? Well, you told me you ran into Elvis Costello on a, a movie set. So then I was like, oh, let me play uh, "Welcome to the Working Week." Nice. So that's okay. what we're gonna round it out. That's my pick. Love nice. it. I like it. So you, when was that recently? Oh yeah, no, I was. Uh, yeah, I was on a film set with uh, his wife Diana Crawl was there uh, recording a record, which I can't really know. I don't know if I can talk about who that's with yet, but um, yeah, and just one like I was ha- hanging out, and all of a sudden this guy in like a pink hat walks, like a pink fedora walks in. And I hear this voice. I'm like, that sounds really familiar. And then all of a sudden, the producer's like, hey, Elvis, yeah, we got Diana just in the other room over here. So I like slid in there. I was like, hey, nice to meet you, man. Pardon me. You know, just real like shady. Just like, let me sneak by. Nice to meet you, yeah. Mr. Co- Mr. Costello kind of shit. my but, way like, in here. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I meet celebrities. Don't bother me. He's like, hey, pardon me. I remember I was in Brooklyn once meeting my buddy, and I was like, I think I saw Elvis Costello. He was like, yeah, eight times. <laughs> <laughs> you have the best celebrity stories, though. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man. Alright, so Suvian, Archers of Love, Thursday. What song? What Thursday song? You know, by the way? that's what I was in there looking at, and it's like Standing on the Edge of Summer. Standing on the Edge of Summer. 
It's a good one. It's a good one. It's, it's different. Oh, it's just different with all the other songs of that. It's a little more in that song specifically. You do hear that '90s in like emo influence. Yeah. Uh, it has like that heavy, even like I'm gonna say like hum, kind of like that. You know, real like heavy but driving, but like kind of slow, not so fast. You know, yeah. like. What's funny is I was actually sitting over here trying to remember which songs are which because when I had this CD, Sorry Thursday, I had a burned copy of it. <laughs> so nice. I never actually knew the names of these songs, but yeah. it's just such a great record. Like, I don't know, man. Uh, I was going to say Paris and Flames just because that's the one I remember the words for, but yeah. you could uh, cross out the eyes. That's the one. I like Hole. Is it Hole in the World or Hole in the Earth? I always get the deftones. Yeah. Yeah. Hole in the World. Which one is oh, that? We just do this all day. We'll go cross out the eyes unless I can get you guys to do a rendition of the entire album like that. Oh, we can. All right. Cross out the eyes and welcome to the Working Week by Elvis Costa. Stella, enjoy. Such a funny thought to wrap 
my dragonfly Shall we look at the moon, my little loon, why do you cry? Make the most of your life, while it is rife, while it is light
Cut that out, but <laughs> throwing on a throwing on a click track, man. I don't know about this click track. Yeah, click track. I'm like trained at this point. Hit the click, and I'm like, yeah, I just freeze. I'm ready. I was recording all yesterday, so I'm like, he's just like, but <laughs> Pat, what are you doing? Not that. Oh shit. <laughs> but great picks, you guys. Excellent picks. <laughs> and sadly, the show's just about over. This episode. No. Thank you so much for coming, Cicada Radio. We had a blast. You guys got an album coming out on the 14th, and there's a show at Pet Shop, Main Room, or PS1? Main Park. Room. It'll be, uh, yeah, so the album will drop online on all the digital platforms on the 15th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. If you want to get it early and be one of the cool kids, Pet Shop on the 14th, upstairs, no cover, as I recall. Yeah, yeah it's, it's free. No cover. It's going to be free. us. Uh, hot snakes out of as hot, hot blood, hot blood, not hot snakes. That would be I always crazy. get that. Fu- I always <laughs> fuck that up. Us hot blood out of New Jersey, and we're working on a little special guest opener. So come through, find out who that is once Here's we get it all hint. official. If you were listening, it was who I ran into on the way here. Oh, <laughs> so leave a little, leave, leave that little button on cool. there. So you go back and figure that one out, and cool. then uh, yes, yeah, so that's a big thing we got going on in a couple of weeks. Then uh, we're probably planning a tour. Oh, we are planning a tour down in October. Uh, down to Florida, so that should be interesting. Yeah, Trying to line some dates. Go, re- go revisit Fest again. So if you're anywhere between Jersey City and Gainesville, and you're hearing this, and you want to hear Cicada Radio, fucking let us know because we're always looking for dates on the way down. Yeah, there. and then also too, uh, I'm in the process of trying to work on a 10 year anniversary show for it. So something. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We have no specifics yet, but definitely gonna be something in the works for October. So. Yeah, basically just, yeah, get up with us on Instagram, Facebook, and all that. Mike is secretly not telling anybody, but he's working on a little three-song album that we might drop, still some acoustic stuff for him later this year. Oh, cool. We don't need to get into it too deep, but it's coming (laughs) along real, real nice. Max is involved in that again from Nightcrawlers and Lake Effect. Shout out to Max Rowell. Yeah, Max. So that's going to be super fun. And uh, yeah, so we just got a few things going on this year. So yeah, just link up with us, man. Say hi. Bandcamp. Yeah, Bandcamp. Bandcamp, the great platform. All your stuff's on there. Cicada Radio, Facebook, Cicada Radio, <laughs> Twitter. I think we even have a Twitter if we know whether we ever yeah, use it. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I have the. T- I started the Twitter just because everyone was like, "You need a Twitter." But uh, to be to be fair, I'm not a, a big social media person, so like it kind of. It's there. Fill Follow us, piece. but don't expect me to retweet <laughs> anything you say. I think the only thing activity on there is uh, we 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 played a show down at the Yacht Club a couple years oh, ago yeah. and. Uh, Chuck from uh, Hot Water Music happened to be in the audience because he was playing across the street, and he like tweeted about us, and we actually got to meet him, which was cool because like I grew up loving Hot Water Music. Yeah, and it was, like, that's incredible. Cool to have someone that like you listened to growing up being like, I really like your band, and it was like surreal kind of, you know, it's pretty cool. We can retire. Yeah, yeah. I'm done the, now. The, the high water mark was when he talked about bumping our our record Crime Waves at his shop like two days later. Oh, that's yeah, pretty was, cool. So that's probably like the second to last thing to happen on Twitter. If you want to relive that glory with us, you can just. Yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm it's gonna really just been that. downhill since <laughs> you want to see pictures of us from five years ago on Twitter. You can, but yeah, we're all on we're all on on this social medias and stuff. So yeah, man, come out and check us out. We want to see y'all there. Yeah, we'll see everyone at Pet Shop on the 14th. Cicada Radio record release show. Name of the record is Catch and Release. Pick it up on all platforms. Or pirate it. Yeah, <laughs> or steal it. Steal that shit. <laughs> as long as you're listening, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Thanks. It was a pleasure.
Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.